Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know and what? it's the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And I wanted to talk about the quarterbacks that are going to be available in the 2021 NFL Draft with somebody who really knows a lot about quarterbacking. In fact, somebody who some might say is a QB whisperer. I know that that term has taken on a bit of a dirty connotation after Adam Gase, but this guy who is coming on the show right now is a legitimate QB whisperer. Great reputation out in the Colorado area. Runs a couple of different quarterback training facilities. He calls it Jenkins Elite after his name. He is Tim Jenkins, who was a quarterback high level in high school, college, and then even dabbled a little bit in the pros, both in the NFL and the CFL. Really glad to have him on to talk about the videos that he's been making and his quarterback rankings. Tim, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. Really appreciate it. No, I'm pumped up. I'm pumped up. And then, uh, you know, I, I hear the guys from New York a little tougher. So I'm excited for this to air. And then I can uh, see what the uh, DMs look like after New York hits them. <laughs> I would advise you, Tim, to maybe close your DMs after this. Because... <laughs> yeah, I'll have to do that. I'll have to do that. <laughs> I'm kidding. I think Jets fans are actually going to be really excited to hear from you because your insight is fantastic. I love the videos that you've created because not only are they informative, but they're very easy to follow, even for somebody who's maybe at a basic level knowledge of football. It's something that you can watch and really take a look at and understand where you're coming from. And so I thought your rankings were really interesting. And they're important for Jets fans, too, because the Jets are going to pick a quarterback. Now, I'd say there's a 99.9% chance that that quarterback is not going to be Trevor Lawrence because it would yep. appear 
that Trevor Lawrence is going to the Jaguars for a variety of different reasons. His level of play, Urban Meyer loves him, and then, of course, there's even the marketing aspects. But we'll talk about yeah. Trevor Lawrence a little bit anyway, just because you never know. However, Trevor Lawrence is not number one in your QB rankings, and this is where it gets interesting because, Tim, the Jets are going to be picking number two overall, and the name that's been connected to them for a while is Zach Wilson. You have him at number one on your list. Tell me why you have him above Trevor Lawrence, above Justin Fields, above Trey Lance, above Mac Jones. And obviously, even though he's number one, there are some weaknesses to his game. So tell me about the strengths and weaknesses you saw with Zach Wilson and why you're so impressed with him overall. Yeah, so I, I mean, listen, and, and this is going to this is gonna make everyone even more happy. Like, I have him at one, and like, I'm going to be honest, I don't even think it's really close. Um, and why I say that is because, you know, one, Zach Wilson, I, I think he's extremely athletic. I think the throws that he makes on tape, you can really project him to the NFL. You see the deep overs, you see the stick at eights, you see the, you know, the speed out to the field, you see comeback on the move, you see over on the move. I, there's just a lot of stuff to like. You see him change arm angle, um, which when you're a young quarterback doesn't really matter, right? When you're in youth and high school, it doesn't matter. When you get to college and the NFL level, your arm angle changes matter because you got to throw around people and do different stuff, especially in the screen game. Um but like, listen, I, you know, his weaknesses were more from a footwork perspective for me. I thought he didn't do a great job. I thought his feet weren't clean. I think that's a really easy thing to clean up if you have the right people in building. Um, it's also something that could quite frankly make him crash and burn. Like, listen, he plays with his right foot back, um, which I've like hounded about how I don't think that's good for a young quarterback until they're at you know, year four or five, which is when you saw Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and all the guys that everybody likes to talk about doing their right foot back. That's when you saw them make the change. Um, so that's kind of where I see his biggest weakness as, and you know, that just stems to so many things. So when your right foot's back, you tend to, you tend to get your eyes to a concept early. Um, and at the NFL level, you know, even if you just took like, Hey, in the slot, it's a snag route, which is basically a slant back out. And then outside it's a Ram route, which is a quick in. If you get your eyes to that concept early, the Sam linebacker might not have jumped the snag yet. So you think the concept's dirty and you get off of it. We saw that with Drew Locke, a bunch in Denver. Um, and that's something that if you play with your left foot back, you're now three plan. It's a little cleaner. You'll get there with the right timing and then you'll probably reset and hit the Ram behind it. So I think there's, there's things that could manifest with Zach Wilson. Him at one, though, would be dependent on those changes being made, right? And you would find out a lot about that at a private workout or if you could request it at his pro day. Um, but listen, if I felt like it was something he could change and if it was something that I felt like he had worked at, I would have no issue taking him at one. And the reason I say it's not even close is because my issue with Trevor Lawrence in so much physical, I think physical, you can see all the tools there, right? My issue is how many times he missed a simple two-shell, three-shell read, and that's against really stagnant college defenses. And when you get to the NFL, a defense is everything but stagnant, right? They're not going to show you pre-snap the look you're going to get, especially as a rookie or a first-year guy. Um, the only guys that really do that to every once in a while are like Aaron Rodgers because they're so scared of his hard count, right? So I think mm -hmm. it's that to me is way more concerning than if I could clean up a guy's footwork. Um, and that's why I have Zach Wilson at one and, and why I don't really have a, like a, an issue with it or like a debate around it. 
if you take Trevor Lawrence, it's because you think you can coach all that stuff out of him, the processing side of it. Um, if there's anything that I think we've seen in the NFL, it's that it's really, really hard to teach guys to process faster and more efficiently. Not to say it can't be done, but I do think that's a little more challenging than, say, re, you know, helping someone with their footwork. Tim, there's been a common perception among people that Zach Wilson would be the ideal fit in the Shanahan offense, which everybody expects Mike LaFleur to run with the Jets, or at least some variation of it. Tell me about whether or not you think that's true, and talk to me about Zach Wilson's positives, because you just talked about some of the negatives and some of the things that need to be cleaned up. But I want to hear about what makes you so excited about him as a prospect. Yeah, I think, you know, listen, for, for Shanahan's system, it's going gonna, it's gonna to really depend on what, you know, tree they're running it from. So what they're doing right now in San Francisco, like let's take LaFleur in Green Bay for a second. What they're doing in San Francisco versus like the spinoff that LaFleur has in Green Bay right now, like those are kind of drastically different, but from the same tree in terms of, you know, one's under center, we're really going to pound it out, that we're going to use a lot of run action. Um, and the other is more based out of the gun and based out of using our modified quick game as our run game. I think for Zach Wilson to be really successful, it needs to be more cut from that Green Bay cloth. I don't think, I don't think the best thing for him would be to get him, put him under center, get into 12 personnel, get into 21, where now the, the box is clouded. I think the best thing would be to live in 11, try to be in gun more you know, mix in 10. If you get into 12, keep it in the gun, keep a tight end out, motion them down whenever you need the extra surface. Um, so, you know, a, a lot of it's going to depend on what they're going to install. And to be frank, I think a lot of what they install is going to depend on who they have under center. If they were to just surprise everybody and reload with Darnold, I think you would see more of what they're doing in San Fran right now. And I think Sam would, I honestly think that he would light it up in that. Um, I think if there's anything we learned about him, it's that his arm talent's not debatable. So um, I, I think he could do well there. I, I think Zach, the best thing they could do if they take him at two would be to get him in the gun, try to keep the box as clean as possible. What I mean by that is like the lighter personnel you have out there, the harder it is to, you know, disguise the blitz zones and everything because you have a nickel right on the field. And, you know, rarely is that guy going to fire without a safety leverage situation. Um so, I mean, for me, I'd put him in gun. I, I do think that he can be uber successful in that system. I think if they do put him under center, I think there's going to be a little bit more of a learning curve. Um, and I don't think he'll be able to, you know, jump on the scene right away. But, I mean, the positives for him is, you know, his arm talent and his processing ability, right? He, he, he missed a couple uh, shell, like, you know, when I say, hey, modern college football is all built around, hey, here's our two high side, here's our three high side or single high side. Um, he didn't miss very many of those, whereas Trevor Lawrence missed quite a few. So I would say from a processing perspective, he's a little bit ahead. Um, but you know, I, I mean, listen, Scott, this is a, no matter who you're getting, it's a challenge to start to process the NFL game. Like even luck went through it a little bit. And that's probably the, one of the best guys we've ever had coming out of college in terms of not missing a read. So um, I, I mean, I think he could dominate in it. I do think it has a lot to do with, you know, what that OC decides. Hey, here's the version of this hybrid West Coast I want to run with. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Tim, you touched on something that I want to ask you a little bit more about. Sam Darnold. It sounds like yeah. you think he could be really successful here if the Jets hold on to him. What is it about Darnold's game that makes you think that? And do you think it would be a mistake to move on from him based on what you're saying? In other words... There's oh. all this talk that they could trade him and draft Wilson or Fields or even Trey Lance, but Darnold is still young. Some people are holding out hope that he could become that superstar that everybody expected. Is that something you think could realistically happen if he stayed here and was in that offense? So to be fair, I'm going to release a Sam Darnold video mm. at the end of this month. I uh, have been watching a lot of Jets tape. Here's my... My honest take on Sam, and this isn't going to make a lot of listeners happy because I just from doing a little bit of research, I could get a feel for where the Jets fan base is with Sam. And I get it, right? Like anytime you have a horrendous year, like I t- here's my thing about fans. Everyone gets pissed about them, right? Like, oh, they don't know or this is what they say. My honest take is if you spend a minute of your time watching a game or you spend a cent on a jersey, you can say whatever the heck you want. Right. If you're invested in the team, like that's part of this. You have you can say whatever the hell you want. And and who am I to tell you what your opinion should be as a fan? From my perspective, from a quarterback aspect, I I would be hard pressed to not have Sam Darnold in the mix for the number one quarterback spot if we revisit who he was coming out of college. And I think that's important to remember, um, you know, when you're evaluating these guys is would this kid still have been in the mix or is it just, Hey, cause we know what he's like in the NFL. And then my honest take on Sam is I think there's a lot on tape to love about his game. While I also think there's a ton, just here's a small example, right? We know why cover three was invented. It was invented to take away post, right? Especially from the slot. I can't tell you how many times the New York Jets dialed up slot post against cover three. So for me, it's like, what do you know, how fair of an evaluation is that to Sam? 
if one, it appears that schematically we were just horrendous this year and then compound it with, it didn't really look like he had a ton of freedom to get out of bad calls. For me, if that's kind of where this kid was uh, from a hamstrung perspective, all I can really evaluate then is, you know, what were his tools? How did he execute? And I mean, you guys watch the games. There's tons that he did. There were tons of what you would call flashes, right? There's tons of times where you watch a drive and you go, holy hell, that's what it's supposed to look like. Um, But I also understand the frustration, whether it be with the fan base or internally in that building, you know, I I don't have a a great sense of where everybody's at in that building. Um, But like, listen, if you were to ask me my honest opinion, my honest opinion for the New York Jets would be to trade out a two, keep Sam Darnold um, and then see who you could snag in this class possibly later in the first or um, as the draft goes on. I understand that that not might, that might not be the most popular thing that's been ever said on your show, but um, <laughs> I, uh, that's just my honest take. I, I would, I would give him another year with what I saw on tape and then knowing who's coming, because if you give a guy like Sam Darnold rules around the pass game rules around when we kill to a run rules around when we alert, there would be, I think an exponential growth to him. Um, I think you would almost see it. You remember Matt Ryan when he had Kyle Shanahan? Mm-hmm. I think Sam Darnold could 100% be Matt Ryan and more if he's in that system. And that was good enough to go to a Super Bowl. Now, granted, did they give up 28 to 3? Of course. But, um, you know, I, I 100% believe Sam Darnold could be more than Matt Ryan was in this offense. Tim, two things. First of all, have to have you back on the show to talk about your Sam Darnold video when it comes out. Second (laughs) of all, I'm so sorry that you put yourself through watching that much Jets tape because (laughs) we all suffered through it, and I can't imagine any poor soul willingly putting himself through that. So bless you for that, sir. Well, my big thing, that was one of the, you'd be surprised at how requested that video was. Yeah. I mean, you should look at my YouTube comments. Half of them are about Sam Darnold. And I think it's, <laughs> I think it's because people have seen such a, you know, shift. I remember this time last year, like there was a lot of excitement around him, you know? So then it's, but you know, obviously when you have such a year that you're picking number two, you know, I don't, I don't blame anybody for wanting to run somebody out. Like that's more than fair especially considering the nature of the salary cap and rookie contracts and all that. And so that's why so many people have pivoted to looking at Zach Wilson and Justin Fields being another one who you have ranked number four. Now, this caught my eye, Tim, because this is (laughs) not generally what you see. More often than not, you'll see Trevor Lawrence ranked number one. You'll see Zach Wilson or Justin Fields at two. Zach Wilson or Justin Fields at three. Trey Lance at four. And then Mac Jones at five. In this case, you've got Justin Fields behind Wilson, Lawrence, and Mac Jones. Tell me about why. Yeah, I mean, the Mac Jones thing for me was easy. The Mac Jones thing was when you look at his tape, it's nothing like you're sold. You're sold a kid who literally could stand back there all day, had a, uh, a squirt gun as an arm, and just survived because his receivers were good. That's what you're sold, or that's what I was sold before I actually started watching his tape. Like, listen, the pocket's a hell of a lot more muddy than everyone gives him credit for. Um, 
In terms of protection, the most well-protected quarterback in this draft was Trey Lance. Trey Lance was probably the least pressured guy when you actually watch the throws that you want to see. Um, so, you know, you know, listen, Mac Jones navigated enough in the pocket. His arm is anything but a baby arm, right? I'm not selling him as like a power passer. He's not. He's Phillip Rivers to me, right? To where it's he has enough arm strength to survive, and arm strength is a floor. Um, what I mean by that is, listen, you know, I, we do this with our coaches, right? Because, you know, we have a ton of guys that are quarterback driven. When you evaluate arm strength, the only real way to evaluate whether a trait matters or not is compare it to other things. And if I were to start throwing out other traits for you, you would quickly realize that arm strength doesn't matter, right? If I were to say, hey, Scott, what would you rather have your quarterback have, arm strength or accuracy? We're usually going to take accuracy. If you were to say arm strength or the ability to process, well, usually the ability to process. Okay, arm strength or leadership. I mean, to be honest, you probably take leadership, right? Like there's a lot of traits that you're going to end up putting above arm strength. So that's how I, that's why I view arm strength as does he have enough arm talent to make every throw? And for Mac Jones, the answer is clearly yes. He has like, he has like two or three 55, 60 yard post throws. Like what else do you, there's not really anything else. Is he going to Josh Allen anything? No, he's not going to hold on to the ball to where he has to drive it in between three people. Um, and then the other part of it was just the bet of who I think that kid is. Um, and I was privy to a conversation that made me feel like he's the kind of kid that's going to keep a list of everyone drafted in front of him um, and not stop until he's, you know, the last one standing. And again, I, you know, I'm obviously making this comparison for, uh, effect. And it's not like, I actually think that he's the next Tom Brady, but like, that's what I think makes 12. So great as I think 12 every day wakes up and remembers the six guys in front of him. And what else do we really have to, to gauge quarterback success on other than a psychotic work ethic? Um, and, and, and there's a whole nother discussion around, the ceiling idea, right? I see everyone saying, okay, well, here's the ceiling of a quarterback. Well, then explain to me what Drew Brees' ceiling was out of Purdue because it wasn't who he turned into. And then what was Tom Brady's ceiling? His ceiling wasn't the greatest of all time. So if a guy can bust through a ceiling, like that's not a real argument. Like I get that Trey Lance is physically gifted. So was Jamarcus Russell and so was Ryan Leaf. So you know, let's not over, let's not overshoot the traits thing because Josh Allen is now good. The, the thing about Trey Lance, and this is my honest opinion, is Trey Lance is benefiting from the recency bias of everyone feeling like they missed on Josh Allen. So now everyone's going to skew traits and not really playing quarterback. Um, and then everyone sees Alabama and thinks, gosh, this guy's surrounded by talent, X, Y, Z, you know, yada, yada, yada. So he can't be very good in the NFL. And I think that's kind of why maybe I have Mac a little higher. And I probably overvalue the ability to process information and decision-making that I can see on tape. Um, I probably overvalue that. And that would be why I have him at three versus having him at four and Justin Fields in front of him. Because you know, Justin, to me, there's four and then there's Trey Lance. Like the top four, if you were to put a gun to my head and say, make a 
make an argument for any of these four, I could, but I couldn't for Trey Lance. I couldn't make an argument for Trey Lance to be in the conversation with those other four. And that's just from the tape I watched and kind of where I came down on it. (laughs) (laughs) I want to come back to Trey Lance because that's a really interesting point of view. And when it was said, and I wish I could remember who said it, that Josh Allen was going to get a lot of general managers fired, not because they missed on him, but because they were trying to get the next Josh Allen. That is a lot of what you were just talking about with Trey Lance, so I want to touch on that again in a second. But first, I want to come back to Justin Fields. Tell me about him. What is it about his game that you like and don't like, and why do you have him ranked fourth where so many people have him ranked second or third? Yeah, like, listen, and this is where I'm talking about, hey, I can make the argument for any of them because I love his game, right? He's He's got a great arm. His mobility's through the roof. I think the best play from his college tape is, I think it's against Clemson. The screen's not, like, they're running slow screen. The screen's not there. And then he just takes it and runs the screen path and goes and picks up, like, 20 yards and gets out of bounds. Like, there's not a lot of humans that can do that. Um the issue with Justin Fields, when you go through and evaluate, is you start to see stuff on tape. For example, there's a side adjust that they miss against, I think it's Purdue. He misses a side adjust. So there's one of two situations there. Not only does he miss it, but his receiver, right? Corner fires and there's no adjustment. So here's the two scenarios I could give you. Scenario number one is that both Justin Fields and his receiver don't know the side adjust. Okay? Probably unlikely. Scenario number two is that the Ohio State offense doesn't have sight adjust in it. And if you compound the fact that they don't have sight adjust in it with the concepts they were running, with the reads that he was asked to make, you're now talking about taking a kid who, don't get me wrong, is uber talented. And this is why people project him as, hey, he's the second best. But now you're taking a kid and literally trying to teach him calculus when he hasn't figured out his multiplication table. So, that to me is what we're asking this kid to do. If he doesn't understand side adjustment, he doesn't understand pass pro, he doesn't understand how these concepts are read. And again, it has nothing to do, Scott, with him, right? It has everything to do with the environment that he's been in. And I'm not saying that you can't be successful and overcome that because a lot of guys do. What I'm saying is if I had the number two pick, there's not a shot in hell I would take him at two. I would take Zach Wilson. If, if you were like, hey, you have to take a quarterback at number two, I'd take Zach Wilson or I'd take Mac Jones. And I think that there's a real debate to be had there based on what my offensive coordinator is going to run. I can only talk, you know, for example, I can talk about if the Jets, if it was the Jets last year, I would take Zach Wilson because Gase had a little bit more creativity to what he's doing. If you were to tell me, hey, I have to draft someone for the San Francisco 49ers, I would take Mac Jones, which is going to blow everyone's mind. Um, because of what we've been sold about him is that he's not even close to these other guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Justin Fields though, like, listen, if the Arizona Cardinals didn't have so much success with Kyler Murray and you had Cliff Kingsbury, Justin Fields is a home run in that system. I just don't think Justin Fields is a home run with what I'm anticipating the New York Jets will run based on the tree that this offensive coordinator is coming from. He could come in and have a bunch of different ideas and kind of shock all of us, right? He could come in and kind of throw away a little bit of what, uh, you know, they were doing in San Fran. And then all of a sudden, Justin, t- Justin Fields on the table. Uh, 
But with what I think he's going to be doing, I think the only two realistic prospects for the Jets would be, you know, Wilson at two or a trade back scenario to try to grab Mac Jones thinking, hey, I'm going to have Darnold and Jones battle this thing out. So those would be the two scenarios that I would see unfold. I just don't think I don't think Fields is a great pick at two for the Jets with what they're running. But again, like I was saying earlier, I do I could make an argument for him being a great pick in a Cliff Kingsbury type offense. Tim, can you expand upon that a little bit and tell me why you think that he wouldn't be a good fit for what the Jets are going to run? Because there are people that have said that he would be just as good of a fit as Zach Wilson, but it sounds like you think he wouldn't be a fit at all. Yeah, it's, I mean, listen, I don't want to say he wouldn't be a fit at all because I can't tell you for, for sure what the Jets are going to run, right? Because we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would tell you is based on the San Francisco tape that I've, I've watched, like, just go back and watch any of the BYU games and you're going to see nine or 10 of the concepts that San Fran ran. You go back and watch an Ohio state game. The only, the only route that you know, for sure that Justin Fields can throw that's going to show up in your offense is sale, right? You can, uh, you only know for sure that he can throw slot sale. Everything else that Ohio state was running is like star Wars ish. And everything that they're running in San Francisco is all timing and, you know, hey, real distinct route concepts. A lot of them are shot plays off a of run action because, you know, they had Beathard and everyone else under center this year. But that to me is where it's like, if I'm taking someone at two and I, and I deem their skill sets similar or I deem that, hey, these guys are both really good prospects, I'm taking the kid that I know for sure runs 10 of our concepts. I've seen stick at eight with the deep over, right? We called it Samurai that shows up 150 times on San Fran's tape. You have only seen it once on Ohio State's tape, and you've seen it 100 more times on BYU. So there's certain things that, man, I can translate quicker. The ability to get to the back that Zach Wilson has of, hey, okay, I saw pressure. I'm going to abandon my deep over and get to my back and check it down. That's going to need to show up in your offense next year if you're the New York Jets and you're going to have any level of success. Um, There's just so many things that compound – to where it's like, I, again, it's not that Justin Fields can't do it, right? But it's what are you willing to bet based on tape? Or are you willing to bet all this on what a kid does in shorts and a t-shirt as pro day? Because if I, I'm willing to bet that Justin Fields is going to come out and throw a bunch of pro-style under center concepts um, because he knows who is probably going to be in the mix for him at two, so the issue is, is, do you bet on Zach Wilson, who you've seen do it on tape, not from under center, but you've seen the throws? Or do you bet on, hey, I think Justin Fields is talented enough and I've seen him at his pro day execute that. Ultimately, for me, I wouldn't bet on him because of that. Um, you know, it's also the case to be made of why I would be a terrible GM, because I would <laughs> sit there and say, listen, unless I've seen it on tape, I don't want to take it. Um, and that's where... You know, that's where these guys get hired. That's why these guys do get fired or don't get fired, right? Is because they have enough conviction in what they saw at a pro day or, you know, they don't. Like, listen, a, a lot of the debate, and I, I don't want to, the, the hard thing about comparing history is then you like unfairly label these kids. But a lot of the big debate around Peyton Manning, Ryan Leaf, if you remember, was Peyton on tape right? Peyton on tape was everything you wanted, but boy, did Ryan Leaf have some tools that everybody fell in love with. And they thought, you know, I know he's coming from this system, but I think he can do X, Y, Z. 
again, I'm not saying either, you know, I'm not saying Zach Wilson or Justin Fields is one or the other of these guys, but you know, we got to look at history occasionally and say like, listen, we've been in these scenarios before of the guys that could check that you knew for certain could do it on tape versus the guys that it was like, man, but he's so gifted. Um, And then what it turns into when you're trying to take that and put it into a really defined system, which is what I think the Jets will run next year, only because of the coaching tree this guy's coming from. You mentioned how if you haven't seen something on tape, you wouldn't draft a guy based on a projection. And it seems like Trey Lance is almost all projection. And you talked to me about this before we started recording. So I wanted to see if I could pick your brain here. Tell me a little bit about why you feel that way and explain exactly what your issues are with Trey Lance and that projection. Yeah, so I shouldn't say that I wouldn't take him. I just wouldn't take him at two. Right. I wouldn't take them at where these guys, you know, Trey Lance is getting run up this board. You might have to bet a top 10 pick on Trey Lance. Whereas for me, it's like, listen, if you were to sell me that we got him in the second round, I'd say awesome. Right. Cause he's a kid that could flourish. He could come in, do everything right. And then we got ourselves a gem. Um, so that's, you know, I, for more so, Hey, I wouldn't take these guys high if I hadn't seen it on tape. With that being said, my issue with Trey Lance is, is pretty simple. North Dakota State lives in 12 personnel. You know, for your listener, I'm sure they all know, but that's one back, two tight ends. When you're in one back with two tight ends and only two receivers, you force teams into base defense. They were forcing teams into base 4-3 or heavy 4-4, right? Which means there's only three DBs left on the field. And he's just dicing up people with – you know, shallow wheel and different stuff from their tight end perspective, where it's like, there's a lot of throws that we were making that are more wide open than your aunt Judy is on Turkey bowl Thursday, right? Like we all dice up my mom in coverage on Turkey bowl. Cause it's fun, right? You go out, you play Thanksgiving Aunt Judy's wide open off a of sluggo. That's what the North Dakota state tape looked like me, like for me, there were some tight throw situations and those didn't pan out. Well, go back and watch the one game he played in 2020, the one game in 2020, you know, he comes off a run action and just believes that the seam is open because the seam's always been open. And he literally throws it to the safety's chest. Like it's the first safety he played in the tape that I watched that didn't bite on power. So for me, there are certain things that started to show up on tape that you just can't that are hard for me to say, man, let me go ahead and burn one of my top 10 picks on him, especially when other positions aren't this hard to project, you know, like there's a lot of other positions where it's like, okay, man, I I know he can play this, you know, like receiver, you, you kind of know. So that's where I I tell you on tape, I didn't like it. It was more, you know, and then also the game plan protection, like, let's be honest, he never threw it more than like 30 something times in a game. There's so much stuff, you know, you go back and watch that run they had when they won the, I think they won the national title in 2020, didn't they? Or 2019. Um, Like if you really watch that tape from a defensive coordinator perspective, you didn't sit there and say, I need to take away Trey Lance. That's not what these DCs were saying. They were like, I have to take away power and I have to take away, you know, GT. Like they're trying to take away the run game. And then it just so happens that also this kid can dice us up. And he did, he diced them up 
off the throws he was asked to make, but I just think it's really hard to look at the stuff, the throws that he was making, and then think to yourself, man, this is going to project really well, and I and and I'm confident in him as a top twenty, top twenty-five pick. I'm just not. I think I think he's got a lot to learn. I think he's a kid that if if he were to find himself in a situation. Like, I think L.A. could be perfect. If he were to find himself in a situation behind a guy like Stafford, man, that could play out well um, to where he's not going to have pressure to play early and he's going to be able to develop behind some guys. Um, you know, that could be a really, really good spot for him. Um, if he finds himself in a top 10 situation where the team obviously is horrible and he's going to be asked to get thrown in there early, I really wonder – uh, what shakes out long-term for him. I just don't know if it's the best situation. Like we said, it's the Josh Allen situation all over again. All the tools, a lot of projection, and it's going to come down to whether or not he lands in the right situation, and that's a very dicey prospect. As I said before, Josh Allen is going to get a lot of general managers fired because teams are going to be looking for the next Josh Allen, and we'll see if somebody takes that gamble on Trey Lance. Tim Jenkins, who runs Jenkins Elite, thanks so much for coming on, man. Great insight. And I can't wait to have you back closer to the draft so we can dissect these guys even more on a one on one level, really break down the film so people understand what the Jets would be getting with each of these guys. I want to have you back on to talk about your Darnold video too when that comes out. But before we get to that, I want people to find you on social media and for anybody who's a prospective quarterback who wants to work with you, I want to know how they can do that. So tell me about how people can reach you. Yeah, you could just, on Twitter, it's at T Jenkins Elite. Um, and then if you are a prospective athlete, you can just Google JenkinsElite.com and and check it out. We've got a we've got a place in Houston, a place in Phoenix, and then two in Colorado. So, um, you know, who knows? Maybe we launch New York later this year. But uh, based on the cold weather you guys are dealing with, I don't know if I want to be out there. <laughs> <laughs> Funny to hear a guy from Colorado talk about cold weather. But... <laughs> I know <laughs> that's true, right? But no, I appreciate you having me on, and I'll jump back on after the Darnold the Darnold video, and and I love it, man. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Glad to have you on. And I can't impress upon you enough that you need to watch Tim's videos. They're on his YouTube channel and you can find them on his Twitter handle that he just mentioned. Plus, also, if you're a prospective quarterback, as he said, he's got a couple of different locations. So check into that as well. If you haven't given us a five star review on iTunes, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us would be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcasts you know where to go that's turn on the jets digital and turn on the jets.com step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.